The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately if you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture then stick around this is the armed citizen podcast what is going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 249 i believe today's date is tuesday july 5th 2022 if you're out there in the live chat welcome to the dark side if you're new to the channel new to the show god bless you i i we cannot promise to make you any smarter honestly we're just trying to keep you from getting any dumber we cannot promise you anything if you are out there in a the chat and you want to ask us questions or make a comment feel free to go out there like i said we don't know that you're out there unless you say something if you have any questions tag one of us on the panel we'll try to get to it uh, in a timely manner uh, tonight's going to be kind of an open forum because of the topic which is a good thing uh, i think this is what the discussion is going to be about if you want to call or text into the show yes you can call or text into the show you can reach us on the ghost tactical hotline presented by our good friends rod and shelly gates at aegis gun care that phone number is 530-364-4678 if you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness looking for the light, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a pretty decent ear to listen to. If you are looking for someone to get you towards uh, some medical attention, please remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are able and willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please... Please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title of United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And we are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Please check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcast over at selfdefenseradio.net. We've got uh, some buddies joining us tonight for, I think, it's going to be a pretty pretty awesome little uh, discussion, or it could be. Um, don't know which way it's going to go, but that's the, that's the great thing about live TV is you never really know where you're going. Uh, up first... From up northwest and in, in, in the big west, and I say that every time I don't know is that what they call it? Is it they used to, at least they used to call it the, the big west or the big sky or something like that? Big um, sky country, I remember country. big sky country, that's what it is. All the way up there in the, the beautiful area of Yellowstone, the TV show, he's like hanging out with all those guys up there. No, uh, we got the rogue bands. What's up, rogue? How you doing, bud? Doing good. Doing good. A funny story is, is that our old governor had a photo op with, uh, with, uh, uh, what's his name from, uh, Costner. Yellowstone Costner. And the funniest yeah. thing was, is yeah, our governor had this big smile on his face and Costner kind of had this face of who the hell is this guy? Right. No, I get it. I mean, I, I would, I would imagine that Costner is handled, you know, and yeah. he's, he's rushed in and out of these different things. Hey, stand here. You've got a photo op here and, 
you're taking pictures with all these people and they're really not feeding them who it is uh, to some extent sometimes. And it's just like, okay, to him, you know, for the governor, it's whatever to him. It's like one of yeah, 150 one of, pictures I've got to take today, you know? Yeah. Let's get, let's get through this so I can move on to something I want to do. I mean, it's what it is. It's, it's the truth of what yeah. it is, but uh, no, how you been doing? Everything's going good. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging in here. Uh, been absent for a little bit, just trying to get some stuff done, but um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Life takes over, bro. I understand. Yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Ohio, I, I think they're the Buckeye state, if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about that. Yep. Um, Buckeye state. We've, we've got our good buddy. He's always going to be budget to me, no matter what happens. His nickname is always going to be budget. Uh, but from uh, MK Outdoor Journal, we've got what's Mike. Um, he is the podcast host. Uh, he's got videos out there, MK Journal podcast. He's got all sorts of stuff going on. So I know you've been busy as also with life. But how you been doing, bro? Well, yeah, life has kind of bit me lately. I haven't really been had time to do much of anything. Just so happens I don't work in, tomorrow morning. So, you know, I decided hey. I'm going to go hang out with you guys. Well, we are glad to have you. Uh, anytime we can get you, we're glad to have you. And the little bitch that's our kind of our quasi co-host, he always rides shotgun with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is not an avatar you're seeing. That actually is Clover. He <laughs> will uh, he will not smile. He is one of those people that can sit in one position for the next hour or so. And um, so uh, let's say hi to our good buddy, the tactical virus. I mean, uh, Leprechaun. What's up, Clove? What's shaking? I don't know. You tell me. Not a thing, man. Nothing. Freaking I bet you it's hot. hot down in Texas. Crazy. Yeah, I, bet. yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know the temperature right now, but it's it's too hot. Well, it was 103 here with a heat index of 110 today. Tomorrow's going to be even hotter. So, yeah, I'm sure down in Texas, it's probably even warmer down there. So, eh, I don't know. Eh, oh, oh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a cool breezy ninety eight right now. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see what the uh, let's 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 give my little weather man. Yeah, seven o'clock at night as of right now. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, ninety eight feels like one oh four at seven o'clock at night. That's yeah. that's fantastic. There you go. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Oh, summer time in the south. I know Ohio and Montana are probably like what 65, 70 degrees right now. No, it's eighty here. Oh, my poor, bad. Poor hey, those of you, those of you who are well, shoot, pretty much everybody. I was going to say those of you who are on a rural mail route, but pretty much anybody. Chuck a frozen bottle of water in your mailbox in the morning with a note that says "For the mailman," because in that idea. truck, as hot as it is for you in that truck. It's 10 to 15 degrees hotter at least. Those trucks are hell. So just FYI. Well, my rural male men are actually woman. Don't assume her gender because it's a woman. Um, they drive their own like personal vehicle. So she's got like well, a that's good for them. Kia, here. Kia Telluride or something. And it's like mine has a uh, has one of those controller. So. Yeah, mine, mine's driving a pretty nice car. Matter of fact, she's got one of those yeah. four door Jeeps jeeps with the pickup oh, yeah. in the back the brand new ones yeah so she, oh, wow. she's doing fine she's doing well, fine if they're driving a mail truck oh yeah they're enduring hell trust me oh, yeah. no I, I i understand that ups drivers let's not bring them up uh, fedex and uh, and all them um 
yeah, I, I agree. Those guys aren't having fun. Yeah. And, and thank you for making me feel bad about myself complaining about being 90. I appreciate you. <laughs> All right, Clover, hey, as always, we I'm do a shot. I understand, brother. I understand. Uh, as always, we, we always seem to have a shotgun of the week since you're always riding shotguns. So what is, we need to find a sponsor from this. Uh, I know, right, right. The shotgun of the week. All right. Yeah, I, yeah, man, yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, we mm. would blast through them in about, I don't know, two or three months because uh, nobody makes like enough shotguns to have a model all year long. Yeah, well, I'm not saying I'm not saying sponsored where we only bring up their shotgun. I'm just saying a sponsor for this little bit. Um, the this shotgun that we presented by, you know, Clinger holsters or something that has absolutely nothing to do with shotguns. You know, that's all. That's all. Saying, well, if you're listening, give me a call. You know, that's all well above my pay grade. So I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Well, look, uh, at least give me a shotgun of the week then. How about that? So, so yeah. So I just now, like literally as this was starting, dropped today's video. And so since that's the case, let's go with a Remington 870 Express Magnum. Okay. An Express Mag. I got to look up an Express Magnum. Is there anything special that's like, what's a special that makes it more than just a, 870 three and a half inch chamber probably maybe the wood okay okay all right yeah i don't know if this is a custom cerakote but i saw a couple of camouflage ones that are look pretty sweet but those might be custom yeah i don't know if they make the express magnum anymore this one the one i used in the video today is pretty old school so sportsman's outdoor superstores still got them oh, okay. 12 gauge yeah, I see well, a lot of know, them in, in the wood furniture on them, but uh, then again, I don't know if it's new or used. I'm just saying that. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and this was brought to you by. By somebody. You get what you, you, you get. What you pay for. That's just saying. That's right. Yeah. All right. Um. Before we get into the discussion, you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday at 10 a.m. over in our YouTube community tab, we go throw out some polls out there. We have a little fun with them. This weekend was obviously Independence Day and Fourth of July weekend. Um, threw out a couple. Once again, I always kind of throw one that's relative somewhat to what's going on, and then a couple just fun ones. So the first one I threw out last Thursday. It's got 1.1 thousand votes. And I said, a cow that doesn't produce milk is called what? And I gave you an option. A milk dud, an utter E, U-D-D-E-R, uh, utter failure, or other, get creative. And um, would you, what would you guys, let's go with Rogue first. A uh, cow that doesn't produce milk, what would you call it? A deer. Some other type of meat other than a cow. Well, it could be a. I, I I'm leaning towards the utter failure, though. I kind of like that the one. Utter failure. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Utter I thought, failure. I was. I, yeah. I felt pretty good about my sense of humor on those, but uh, I felt felt a milk dud or utter failure. Those were pretty pretty good. But out here, we wouldn't call uh, them a cow. 
Well, uh, we'll we'll get to that, <laughs> Mike. What about you? Uh, what would you call a, a cow that doesn't produce milk? Steak. Dinner. That's absolutely. what it's good for at that point. No, I understand that, and I, I and, and and I think Rob out there uh, agrees with you wholeheartedly. He says dinner. Um. Now, Big Al and Mr. FNH out there, they kind of interest. They said a bull, and I guess that could be true. A bull's bull's not going to produce milk. Unless you're around Fokker, then anything with nipples, he can milk. So, you know, or actually it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, what's his name? Robert De Niro. I can milk anything with nipples. No, that was Greg. That was Fokker. That was Greg Fokker that said that. I think it was. Yeah. Anyways, I digress. Clover, what about you? Milk dud, utter failure or other? Mm, milk dud is, is the bad joke answer. So I think both of the first two, the milk dud or the utter failure are both dad jokes. So one I already saw it heard's been milk dud. So yeah. Yeah. Uh right now with one point one thousand votes, fifty-six percent agree with you, Clover, and say the utter failure. Thirty-seven percent say milk dud with other get creative with seven percent. And um a lot of people went with the bull. Uh, Magic Johnson says it's a moo point. Uh, I referenced Joey on Friends for that as well, um, but it's a moo point. Uh, um, a mistake, a miss hyphen steak. I thought that was a pretty pretty good one. Uh, non dairy hamburger. A bad date. <laughs> evaporated milk. Ooh, evaporated milker. I did not see that one until now. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Who was that? That was Foss. Uh, good job, Mighty Mouse. He said it. evaporated milker. Fantastic. Uh, Lactose-free, the Democrat squad. Uh, steak, steak, steaks, dinner, dinner, hamburger. Um, let's see here. Oh, Travis out there says, dairy disappointed. Well done, sir. Well played. Now, there were some pretty good ones. There was pretty good ones. I'm going to have to go that with Foss from the, from the comments. I think Foss wins with evaporated milker. That's, that's pretty good. I like that. All right. Our second poll went out Saturday, and it's got 1.1 thousand votes as well. We're going to music here. Now, I said, of these oldies but goodies, which one's the best song? Obviously, they're always, and I went with original, not any covers, because I'm sure all of these songs have been covered numerous times. Originals Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel, God Only Knows by the Beach Boys, House of the Rising Sun by the Animals, Against the Wind, Bob Seeger, or Let It Be the Beatles. Uh, Mike, do you have of those, do you have a favorite? Against the wind. It's a great one, one. I like the most. You can't go wrong with any of these, honestly. Um, but yeah, I, I love me some Bob Seger. Bob Seger is one of my dad's uh, favorites. So every time I hear Bob Seger, it brings back little memories of dad, you know. I would love to see Seger in concert. I think he'd still, I think to this day, he'd probably put on a great show, you know. Uh, Clover, what about you? Of those, do you have a favorite of those? Well, you know, more recently, and I say recently, over the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so, Sound of Silence probably is what I go with. Because it's yeah. just, I don't think they, 
I don't. I mean, they definitely didn't know how relevant that song would be. <laughs> True, with, with Ni nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah, but with technology nowadays, it's like that song's scary. Years. Yeah, it is. That's honestly, um, ironically, the reason why I picked these five songs are these are my five top favorite songs of all time. Sound of Silence is my favorite song of all time. Uh, now, I will say this. If you haven't ever heard the Disturbed version of it, you need to go listen to that. It is phenomenal. It'll it will it, it'll bring like goosebumps. It's just amazing. Um, Way better than yeah, the original. You, you stop your you stop your nonsense right now. Uh, no, no, I, I I honestly I don't think it's better than the original because I'm a huge Simon and Garfunkel fan. Um, but I will say that that cover might be the best cover of any song I've heard. Like of any song. Um, it's one of the best covers out there for sure. Uh, it's Good phenomenal. Thing. And the funny thing is I had never heard it till probably like maybe four or five years ago. Uh, and I was, I was like going through the YouTube rabbit hole, you know, how you all get, I get music, a lot of my movie and, my, and it came across disturbed sound of silence. I'm like, that's gotta be terrible. Like it's gotta be terrible. Then I see it's like, like, like a hundred some odd million views. I'm like, nothing that's that bad can get that many views, you know? So I watched it. I was like, holy shit. Like it's it's amazing. It really is. Um, Rogue, what about you? Of those five, which one would you guess or would you pick? House of the Rising. Once Sun. again, there is there is no wrong answer. Let's be in my eyes. In yeah. my eyes. Yeah, I would I would take House of the Rising Sun. I a Sound of Silence is a really close second. Yeah. Well, in, in my eyes, see, and it's funny because House of the Rising Sun is a very close second of my all-time favorite songs behind oh, yeah. Sound of Silence, so it's kind of fun. So Go ahead. another another phenomenal cover by Finger Death yeah. Punch. House of Finger Death Punch. Punch did an awesome cover. I, I, it's going to sound weird, guys. I've never, maybe a couple times in my life have I ever heard a, a Five Finger Death Punch song because in my mind, I think of it being like heavy, like screaming metal all that i i can't do that um there are things yeah, that have surprised. happened in my life that that kind of music does not sit well with me <laughs> you'd be surprised at some of their uh, some of their music though um i mean there are i've heard that and everyone are, says they're great and I, i've heard like i said i've heard one or two songs that are kind of like slower songs and it was good it was good i i just when i i in my mind i and i don't even know if i'm right but i i'm thinking like thrash metal and i, I can't i can't do that yeah, they they do that. I mean, they're they can get pretty heavy, but some of their some of their songs they just they they kind of chill out and just do a good rock song to it. And yep. um, I mean, they do they did a really good cover of Bad Company. They yeah, I, that, really I think that, I, th I think Company. that's one of the ones that I've heard. Uh, I, I like Bad Company as well, but um, there's a couple songs I think both of them were that, I, that people have sent me to listen to. I think Clover might have sent me one of them. Are, were both covers and they were both great. Um, like I said, I just, I'm not, I, I, I try to stay away from that's kind of Wrong. the only style of music that I try not to listen to. Does that make one sense? Of my, one of my favorite of all time is wrong side of heaven. Yeah. That's a great song. Is, is that a slower song? song? Yeah. 
That's, uh, yeah, is I that think the one so. You sent me? Is, it's kind of like a veteran military based song. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I know you sent me a military one. You said these guys are pretty, pretty mo- pro military. So I think whatever you sent me, that's that was a great song. That yeah, no, they are. They are. Ago. Yeah, yeah, they do a lot for the military, for the military yeah. women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. But you know, talking covers, I mean. Uh, turn the page, Metallica's Bob Seger. Uh, I've seen yeah. several times. He said that he really did. He really dug it. That, I mean, it says a lot when you got the, you know, what I'm saying, the original guy that says, you know, hey, you did a good job. Am I frozen, do y'all? Yep. Yep. Don't yep. worry. It, it just froze when you're picking your nose. Don't worry about that. You still hear me? Okay, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. You're just like frozen. Oh, and now he's uh, gone. So yeah, and I don't know what the poll was or anything else. But what were the songs on his list? Was it was um, House of the Rising Sun? Yeah. Sound of Silence. Against the Wind. I don't know of a cover of Against the Wind. Then what was the other one? one. This is a, oh, Let It Be. And I don't know a cover of Let It Be. Hmm. So if you're out there it, and you're in the chat, if you, know of a, if you know a cover, I like playing it. I mean, I'll play it on the porch. And it's a great it song. Stuff, but uh, yeah. Yep. I'll take the hate for this. Don't like it. Don't like the Beatles, except for maybe one or two songs. I pretty much. I'm not a big them. Beatles. I'm not a big Beatles fan yeah. myself. I mean, there's only a couple of songs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, we started watching um, the the TV show for all mankind, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty cool because it's it's like, um, what if the Russians won the space race? And they're going into like the eighties and John Lennon's still alive. And it, it changes kind of the history of things. It's it's really kind of kind of different mm-hmm. thinking about that. But yeah, it, you talk about the Beatles and I just I was just thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. Um, there he is, maybe. Maybe. Yes. All right, you're froze. Skynet's got him. It's that Google AI got him. Well, you know, we're talking about freedom tonight, Mm. and, you know, certain parties can't have that. Well, no. No. Freedom means they lose control. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yeah, Yeah, he still froze up, so... He's gonna have to. He may have to go out on the patio and just mo- call it in mobile or something. I do hear tell he's gonna get some fiber optic for too long, so that'll be good. Yeah, that is coming up That's soon good. for him, isn't it? Do what? That was coming up for him soon. I think so. I think I remember it. Going hey, the. We'd have a provider that tried to drop in fiber to this neighborhood that I'm in, and um, 
everybody told them to go get bent. They, we weren't going to come up with half a million dollars for them to lay fiber into our own neighborhood. Yeah. And then uh, it's so funny because I look around because I was the first one here on Starlink. I look around my neighborhood and there's just nothing but Starlink dishes up here now. Well, I was, um, I don't know, it was a week or so ago or something. I jumped into the chat uh, with Yankee and I noticed that, you know, he got Starlink and man, his stuff is vastly awesome. superior to what it used to be. It's like, holy moly. He just said every now and then he's got a, a glitch out that happens. You, you do. You get every once in a while, you just get a little glitch where you get a little bit of an outage. Um, what's cool is you can log into the, into the router and see your outages and stuff. I mean, it tells you if you're in an outage, sure. if you're dropping packets, um, it, it is, I mean, I've been on it for a year and a half now and, even now, over what it was a year and a half ago, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it should for the price though. So we can uh, what can we do here? There's two Aussies out there. Thanks. This is my God. I need some 450 ammo. <laughs> uh, yeah. Good luck with that one. Good Lord. Here we go. He's trying again. Not looking very promising with the slow circle of death there. <laughs> but I'll go ahead and read. I can't put it on the screen, unfortunately, but mandatory carry. Uh, this is from me and Fixed Bayonets. She's watching with the $4 Super Chat, which, by the way, I know Ghost would say uh, neither encouraged nor discouraged, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, all the Super Chats typically go to uh, care packages for the men and women downrange. So go ahead and uh, and throw that out there. T2 out there was confusing the, the 450 for the Marlin 450. Yeah, there's a few different 450s out there. The, the one I'm most familiar with is the 450 Bushmaster. When somebody says 450. See, I think of the 450 SOCOM. 458. 458, uh, that's right. Yeah. Well, you know, the 8 looks like a 0 sometimes. Yeah, no, it's not. Depends on what pair of glasses I'm wearing. That's what I'm excited. Clean your glasses off, man. Clean your glasses off. <laughs> I was thinking about getting a 450 Bushmaster for deer. I'll tell you uh, what. For deer. How's it work for that? Um, It's it's a pretty good thumper. Uh, it really is. I think it would work pretty well. And, you know, if you're in a straight wall uh, state, you know. Yep. Uh, that's where a lot of the popularity for it comes from. Here we go. Circle of death. He's trying again. And, uh, same with, with that or, or 350 legend. It's kind of the, where I'm kind of, it's a toss up. I was in, um, I was in the, the Walmart store and they were stocked to the gills, man, on ammo. And I'm telling you, 450 legend is all, they, half of my shelf was 450 legend. It was crazy. Wow. So we got Our video. Didn't have crap. We got choppy video ghost, looks like, but uh Yeah, it's like it's like he's Sasquatch because it's just a blurry picture. Yeah. <laughs> can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. You froze. You may have to go without a camera or try it without a camera. Yeah. Just to see. Of course, we can't tell if he turns his camera off. We can't tell if he's uh, 
Frozen. Fro froze are working or dropping. So, like right now, unfortunately. Yeah, not working, Ghost, unfortunately. <laughs> Mr. FNH out there says, talk about guns. We were. We were talking about the 450s. Yeah, but so, Ghost keep coming in and out of his own show. It just stops us from talking about guns. But, yeah, you get we, into uh, a lot of big bore stuff with 450. For, uh, what is it? The 444 Marlin. Uh Another good one, 308 Marlin. I had a uh, an uncle that bought 308 Marlin because he assumed that it really didn't matter. It was just a brand, and he bought 308 Marlin for his 308 Winchester. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. And so like, well, how'd that work out for him? Not very good. He's like, I bought 308. It's not the right kind. I didn't know there was, it said 308. I thought it was all, I'm like, oh my God. This is the same uncle that shot 300 Winchester Magnum in a 300 Weatherby Magnum. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And that's fun when it fire forms because it will fire. It'll chamber and it'll fire. But uh, uh, there is. That's it. There is like literally no neck left in that thing. I mean, there's a shoulder and then there's like itty bitty 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 lip. <laughs> that is it. But at least he wasn't trying to fire, you know, uh, well, it wouldn't have chambered. Let's say at least he wasn't trying to fire the 300 Weatherby Magnum and a 300 Winchester Magnum, but uh, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have chambered the other way around. Yeah, that, that would have been an interesting. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm on my phone now. Something's going on between my phone and my laptop. Don't know what's going on, but it was weird. So I'm just going to go on my phone. So we're going to do it this way. Uh, so what did I miss? What did I miss on my own show? We just got into I, some chat. They were talking about some uh, 450 caliber stuff and kind of oh, ran okay. with that for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, you were, you were fixing to do the poll. I don't know what the other poll question was, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm on my phone now at this point. I think it was basically the last one, and it had over a thousand votes from yesterday. It was, "What do you guys like doing on the Fourth of July? Is it barbecuing? Oh, yeah. Is it flying a flag? Is it fireworks show? What? Do you, what is there? And I'm going to start with you, Clover. Is there something that traditionally you and your family do every year, sometime during Fourth of July weekend? It used to. I mean, not much so anymore. Uh, you know, once you start getting kids that are dispersed and other things. But, um, you know, used to. I mean, at least, you know, the cookout type thing and all that. Um, this is true. F and H says, I usually uh, gain viewers when I leave the chat. This is true. Jacob says, I think this is like seven or eight. It's been a lot. So here's the thing. We're, we finally got fiber optic, the, the cable late a couple months ago here but they haven't hooked us up yet so i'm still having to run internet off of my phone so i'm assuming that when it's 100 and some odd degrees out here it's it, it gets tough so um hopefully soon when i get the fiber optic i won't have any issues ever again with internet at the house so i'm happy about that i did see up here i do want to send a quick shout out uh four dollar super chat for mandatory carry 
He says, for me and Fix, she is watching. Hello, darling. Thank you, as always, guys. I appreciate you more than you know. Yeah, I did my read that earlier. My, my favorite weirdo. So I had to say hi to my favorite weirdo out there. Yeah, we did read that earlier when it came in. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, so tonight, um, the discussion is going to be about freedom and what freedom means to us and where we see, quote unquote, freedom at right now in our country. And the reason why I got this going is I was reading, I think it was a Facebook post. I saw it popped up on my phone over the weekend and I didn't want to engage in it because I knew it was going to turn into one of those 15 to 20 comment, you know, reply sections back and forth. And I really didn't have time for it. But the gist of the post was I, I, I understand the guy's sentiment. Okay. And he was talking about the government overreach and everything that, you know, they're telling us how to do certain things. They're telling us how to act. And he was basically going down the line of what I would assume would be an anarchy. And that scares me. Um, and I did make a mention saying, hey, that sounds a lot like anarchy. Be careful what you wish for. Um, because freedom doesn't come cheap. We talk about this all the time. There's a lot of things that have to happen to live in a quote unquote free society. And one of them is either moral or ethically or religious-based rules, guidelines, as Clover likes to say, boundaries. For us to live in a free society, there has to be rules, boundaries, whatever you want to call it. There has to be something out there that gives us a moral compass to say, this is the direction that we're wanting to head in instead of just mass chaos. I, I see, unfortunately, I see a lot of, and this is an open discussion, guys, so don't wait for me, but there's a lot of people that I think have the great intention of saying, and I'm, I'm one of them, I think the government should not be involved as much as it is. They should allow us to make our own decisions, to live our own lives under the guidance of our principles as a country that were laid out in seventeen, you know, the 1700s with the Declaration, but then you had the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. This is the idea of America, and it's still valid today, but I think that people are either on so far on the side of the walls of government must help us. We can't live our lives without government telling us what to do, or government shouldn't be involved at all. And I think, obviously, is everything. It's in the middle, but you know, the anarchy's talk is, is scaring me a little bit because that, that's, that, that's just as dangerous as... Yeah. A socialist environment, in my eyes. What do you guys think about that? I think. Well, I don't think I mean, freedom exists. I don't think freedom exists unless you have some type of a social contract that yeah. said freedoms are understood, mutually understood, and mutually respected. Um, and I don't believe anarchy is everybody for himself and whatever. And there's no, no. there's no uh, contract or constructs there, right? And so freedom literally doesn't exist because, I mean, how can you be free if other people don't agree upon and respect said freedoms? Well, so, so let me throw this out there for you a little bit about the anarchy. The, the problem with anarchy is, is that people, I don't think people truly understand anarchy. You know, people. Exactly. Anarchy, exactly. People. People think anarchy is Mad Max and all that stuff. It's not that. And 
you know, the whole real basis of anarchy is, is that you have individual freedoms all the way up until you interfere with somebody else's freedoms. That's basically the construct. But the problem that anarchy has is that people just don't care. Right. So they're going to do whatever, you know, they're going to do whatever they want. They're going to tread over somebody else's rights. That's where anarchy tends to fall apart. Well, the rights um, aren't defined. I, they are, yeah. though. They are. You you basically whatever you, you whatever you want to do, right up to the point where you infringe on somebody else. Okay, but infringe how? What's an infringement? That's the contract between you and someone else. Okay, I, okay, but, like, but I can. Once, yeah. But once you once you have that in play, how can it be? How can it be anarchy? I don't understand what your question is. Well, you're you're talking about you're saying anarchy. It's uh, everybody does their own thing or whatever, right up until the point somebody infringes on somebody else's right. Well, if you're if somebody else is saying, well, I have a right, and you're abiding by and respecting that particular right, they're taking away your freedom to just be an anarchist. So no, I mean, who's wrong? I, well, that's the whole thing. It. The way I like to explain it a little bit, and it's not perfect, right, is think of, it's a bad example, don't get me wrong, but think of like eBay, all right? So you buy something off of eBay, you have like a reporting system, right? You can give them a, a, you know, you can give them a rating. So you can tell whether you want to work with someone or not based off that rating. It's kind of the same thing. It, and like I said, it's a really bad example, but um, that's kind of how it is. You know, Clover, the, the greatest thing about anarchy is if I want to sell you something, it's a contract between you and me, right? No one else but, needs to be involved. But if there's anarchy, what's keeping me from taking it? Anarchy itself, because then you would... It's the whole, was it, principle of, um, God, it's used in libertarianism all the time. Um, but sure, again, you, I, get into, you get into principles, you get into moral code, you get into all these codes or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Well, how could you have that? How could you have that structure if you're talking about true anarchy? Now, if you're talking about something that's anarchy adjacent, I get you, right? But that's not yeah. that can't be that can't be true anarchy. No, and I don't and and trust me, I don't think I don't think there's a true anything, right? There's not a true libertarian, there's not a true, you know, Republican, not a true Democrat. I don't believe that there's a true anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so I and I agree with you. I think it's anarchy adjacent. I've I think heard it somewhere explained. in there, but I've heard it explained before, like like mandatory carry out there is explaining it. By the way, it's the non-aggression principle. Exactly, that's what I was thinking. It's the principle of non-aggression. Um, People have to agree to that, that. And what do you call aggression? Right? It's like. <laughs> but do but do you really need a government to tell you what aggression is and what it's not? You don't, but you you don't need a government. You just have to have an understanding amongst everybody, right? And the, But the problem is, if you've got somebody that they have their own moral code, they have their own set of principles, mm -hmm. 
and let's say that's survival, then what's going to keep them from, except for you, obviously, in a defensive posture, what's going to keep them from running a rush shot over you and taking everything you have so that they survive? And, and, yeah, and you're, no, I, you brought up exactly what I was going to chime in with. There is always, no matter how many people in a society are following this non-aggression principle and they all agree, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Do whatever you want until you hurt somebody else or do damage to somebody else. You know, and, and the problem is there's always, always going to be someone, usually more than one, who says, I'm just going to do what I want and to hell with you. That's the problem I, with it. I, I, I totally agree. And that's kind of where I was going with that. That's where anarchy does tend to fall apart. That's why I say people are just going to, there are people out there who just don't care. They're going to do whatever they want, regardless of what society is. And to Clover's point is going through, you know, what does, what is aggression against someone else? You have, well, snowflakes, right? Now we have what microaggressions, right? It's, yeah, exactly. That, that's the stuff that drives me nuts. It's like, oh my god, what? Now we have a microaggression. What the hell is a microaggression? Um, and that's where what you're doing I like what right you now, say there. sir. What's that? What What's you're that doing mic- right now is a microaggression. Yeah. Well, no, I thought finger guns was microaggression. Guns, isn't that what? Even if they're made from fingers, oh. That's that's a macro aggression right that's there. A macro aggression. <laughs> I like you know T two out there says a neutral arbitrator uh, is needed amongst men. I mean human, right? I mean it's it's a human condition that you know yeah. yes. I mean not just an arbitrator, but you know that set of societal rules. You take those principles, you take those morals, you take those you know that enshrine freedom, right? That's what a lot of people take the Constitution and they want to say that something like the Constitution grants us our freedom. No, 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 no. It enshrines no, it, and protects. It says here it are guarantees, your it guarantees your freedoms. Right. It protects. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It, it identifies them, right? It identifies them, and then it yep. protects them. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, and to the discussion, I love this discussion, by the way, because. To me, and, and I think everyone probably does have their own idea, and this is where, in my opinion, lies a problem with anarchy. Everyone probably has their own idea of what anarchy is, and that and where that's where it breaks down. And, that, and Clover and everyone else is saying is, is you have these little, if you want to call them social contracts or understandings with other citizens of, like Rogue was saying, hey, do what you want until you infringe on someone else's rights. But here's the thing. Where and when do we think that everyone's going to have the same moral compass? That's the problem is, is no one's going to agree with what each individual person's rights are. And, and Clover broads up like a survivalist, a survivalist. Let, let's just take an Armageddon, a, a, a zombie apocalypse, which is basically going to be what anarchy is. There you go. Oh, the rogue banshee is swimming across the screen. Um, that was nice, Mike. Uh, but you look at, let's take like a zombie apocalypse. And there is no law at that point. Each community has their own, you know, laws that they've set forth for the people in their communities. But they are different in other communities, obviously. And you take Walking Dead shows that perfectly. But here's the problem. A survivalist cares about one thing, their family survival. 
they don't care about anybody else's personal space, personal freedoms, personal rights, personal anything, not except for I must survive. I'm, not, I'm saying in general, that's what a survivalist is there is to survive any means necessary. And this is where I think where the anarchy thing gets bottled down is once again, it's almost impossible to have anyone, even within a small community, agree on what principles they're going to live by. Does that make sense? Anarchy assumes that you're going to have a utopia, right? You know, everybody's just going to I would say, I would say uh, a Nirvana utopia it is whatever you want to call yeah. it. Absolutely. To me, to me, it assumes that it's just not going to happen human... because we're different. We have what a difference saw. between people. That's what I, I mean. Say. Just... To me, to me, it assumes that the human condition does not exist. Exactly. And exactly. and we've had we've had yep, tribal exactly. tribal tribal wars and all of that kind of stuff for yep. literally centuries. I mean, the white man wants to be, get blamed and rightfully so in a lot of ways, right? For you know coming over to you know North America, uh, you know Middle America, South America, whatever, right? And running rough shot over you know native tribes and whatever. But make no mistake, the native tribes were doing that to each other before the white man ever got here. It's not, it, yeah. it's, you know, so except for crossing the ocean there, there, honestly, there was no difference. Well, I mean, yeah. There was know, a, the American there, Indians fought. Yeah, the only difference themselves. was technology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Wes out there makes a great point. He said, when Ben Franklin set a Republic, if you can keep it interchange Republic for freedom to me, that to the West, that implies that there are certain guardrails that have to be in place. And, and, and that's what I'm talking about. Freedom in America is hard. Freedom, you have to work at it. There are certain guardrails, if you will. There are certain guidelines, boundaries, rules, whatever you want to call them in place. Because here's the thing. There has to be repercussion for doing something wrong. And whatever that community or country is, has deemed these to be wrong. There needs to be something that says, look. Do what you want to do, but here's a line. If you cross this line, we're, we're not going to put up with that. Whatever that whatever that group of rules are, and you're able to live in free. Now, some people say that that's not freedom, but once again, it comes down to, in my opinion, freedom is to make your own decision, your own mistakes, as long as you're willing to face the repercussion, whether it's by law, by your neighbor, by whoever, you're able to face the repercussions of your actions, then you live as a free person in this country. Yeah. Yeah. Or nature. Nature can get the best of you too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't I don't know that I agree with with Wes's premise there though. Um, because you said interchange republic for freedom. And and that is not what Franklin meant. And the reason I say that is freedom is What's the word? Superlative? It, 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 it's far, far beyond and above a republic, a form of government. So he was specifically talking about the form of government. Now, why was he? Because that was the best. That was that was the base of their. Yeah, that was the baseline well, of what they thought what freedom was so, at the time. Well, not really. It, it they they knew that in order to be free, you had to have the smallest amount of government interference as possible. And the government that worked best for the people 
as possible. And in order to keep that idea of freedom, yeah, I agree with you. Um, the republic it was the best way to go because it's the smaller government, right? That's yeah. why we have that's why we have cities, counties, states, and then federal level. Um, and the founders never yep. envisioned the the overreach. The federal, the, every oh. one of them, I can promise you, is flipping over in their graves right now at the size of the federal freaking government. Well, and, 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 and Clover, you and I talk about this all the time. The average, I would say the average citizen that's under 40 years old today probably have no idea on how senators were originally chosen. It was not a general election. It was chosen by the state. And they could be recalled at any given time by the governor of that state and say, you're no longer a senator. It was never supposed to be a popular vote. For your right. senators, it's never supposed to be a career either. You know, this is well. That's a whole another, different issue. Don't get me going on that. <laughs> and another thing, and another thing that gets repeated and recycled so much. We are a republic, and to the a republic, constitutional republic. Yep, that's correct. To the republic for which it stands. Period. Republic. We're not a democracy. And another yeah. thing that drives me up the wall. People will say. Okay, when we're talking about political parties, people will say, well, the Republicans idea is this or that. The Republican idea is this or that. Right. When they're talking about the Republicans. But as soon as they say Democrat, they'll say, oh, the Democratic idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Democratic is a form of government. It's not a party. It's the Democrat Party, but they're not Democratic. That's not what they're Democrats. And, and, I, and it, it aggravates me because nobody calls the Republicans the Republics. Right. It's like, it's like, but you, you take that and then that compounded effort of always talking about democracy, Ooh, we're spreading democracy across the world. It's like, why are we spreading democracy across the world? Because we're not a freaking democracy. We're a republic. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing when it comes to parties is this. If you look back 150 years ago, the Democratic Party were the conservatives. The Republican Party were more of the liberals at the time. That's just, it, it happens. It just evolves into different things over time. But if you look back 100, 200 years ago, the Democratic Party was the more conservative party at the time. Go figure. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things are parties. I don't even well, get started on parties because I, I, you know, certain, oh, on certain things, right? Like on, I think overall, things. generally, they were a more conservative uh, because they were. They, the, the Republicans call themselves the grand old party. If you look back at some of the GOP, I don't know what we'd call them, but their bullet points, their, their basis as a party they formed, it was a more of a progressive, let's get things moving. Now, understandably so that we're talking about progressing as a young country, but they were a progressive party back in the day. Uh, it's just one of those things that, that, that changes. We talk about this all the time. Had JFK been alive today, he's a Republican. Yeah. Let's just be honest yeah. about it. Yeah. If he yeah. didn't live in, 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 in Massachusetts, he probably would have been a Republican. That's, the, that's just the reality of it. Things change over time. Um, you know, a lot of people crack on me because right now one of my favorite politicians is Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard has a D next to her name but they don't understand why she's from Hawaii folks. 
There's no way she ever gets elected in Hawaii for anything if she has an R by her name. Some people have D's and R's by their names just to get elected. It doesn't necessarily mean they're falling in line yeah. with what that party stands for all the all the time. So yeah, it is funny. But that freedom. Here, here's a question for you. In theory, okay, I'm going to say this in theory, folks. In theory, on paper, what's the greatest governmental situation or I don't even know what you call it. What's the greatest form of government ever created by man on paper? Socialism. Communism. Yeah. Honestly. Mm-hmm. On paper. On paper, it's damn near perfect. You know, socialism is pretty it, good. But it too. doesn't it is, yeah. And, and, they, and they, they they're very, very close. And but it no doesn't mistake. work in real life. And make no mistake, everybody wants to talk about, oh, we're this, this is all for socialism. Do you understand the amount of socialism we already have? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. You know, communism on paper is a beautiful idea. It will never work in real life. It's been proven time and time again. Why? Because two things are going to happen. Greed is going to take over with the people that are in power and there will be a rise of the people without anything. It happens every time you look at communism. It's just the way it is. But in theory, communism is a beautiful form of government. We think of communism as, you know, the Iron Curtain. We, were, we grew up being told communism is this, communism is that. We were also told that Russian women and Soviet women were fat, ugly, and, and had mustaches. We now know that not to be true. Um, not saying that the, the Soviet Union was right about what they were doing in the government, but the theory of it is is beautiful. If you read about communism, it's, it's a beautiful idea. It will never work because, once again, personal freedoms, personal rights, personal ambition, the right to live life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we take. Well, let's take some people in this country take for granted. Those are the most important three words. I think life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not guaranteeing you happiness, but guaranteeing the pursuit of happiness. Everyone has the right to pursue their dreams in this country. And as much as that hurts people to hear that it's not a given that you can be happy, we are one of the few countries in this, maybe the only country in this world that has that written. You have the right to pursue happiness in your life. And that, my friends, is why I think the two most important documents ever written in this world are the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights. In my eyes, the two most important pieces of documents ever written in this world, regardless of what other countries take them or not, it's laying a guideline and it's laying a template down to saying, here it is. Right. By the people, for the people. Do with what you want to with it. So, roll call out there has got a good point. He says the Constitutional Republic can work, but it's always intertwined with capitalism. And I would Absolutely. say that the problem, the problem is not capitalism in and of itself is the type right now it it, a constitutional republic lends itself 
too much to crony capitalism rather than market, fair market capitalism, right? The government should be getting out of the way. The government should be not yeah. playing favors. The problem is they can't they can't keep their hands out of that cookie jar, right? It's it's capitalism is an economic engine and politicians, it's people. People are fallible. And the politicians in a constitutional republic can't keep their hands out of the freaking cookie jar. It's that simple. That's that a hundred percent couldn't agree any more than I do. Um, yeah, and I, and I think we're talking about, whoops, uh, Rukal says you beat me to it. Um, I, I think a lot of it comes down to power, and capitalism is power. Some people think it's money. It's not the money that is what capitalism is about. Capitalism is about money that brings you power. It's all about power, especially with the politicians. Why are there career politicians? They cannot get rid of the power. They think they're above everything else because they have the power to be above everything else. You mean they can't live without the power? That's correct. And plus, they always want, everybody always wants more power, right? It's like oh, absolutely. They're drunk, yeah. they're drunk on power. Yeah. That's where the communism comes into Let's play. Be, is the people that have the power in communism want more, and then they'll throw the rest of the people down into the bread lines they don't care but let's be but let's be honest okay the the love of power is a human condition and so we see that in a lot of different ways we see that you see that play out on the school playground right i mean it's it's just a human condition like and, and sure it's it's hard it goes against nature and that's where we get all back into the anarchy and stuff like that type argument it's like human nature is to assume power survive you know it's just throughout history it's been that way yeah well you look at we're talking about you know the power of the playground the funny thing is is america has been around for 200 plus years, but the power of America started when world war two. Okay. Uh, it started in world war one, but we became a power in world war two. And the Japanese were very, very skeptical. There were very, a lot of people in Japanese government that were very, very skeptical about the Pearl Harbor attack because they said, the famous word, do not awake the sleeping giant. Don't do it. Right now, they don't realize how powerful they are. And how powerful we became is when we decided to get, enter the war of World War II, we saw the country come together like no other country had come together in that short of a time. You had people leaving their homes, their families to go fight in this war. Then you had the children and the women pick up their bootstraps and, and, and take over the jobs that were left behind by the men. The entire country was on the same footsteps, if you will. And we realized we can produce, we can be self-sustained, we can do a lot of things, and we can become this power that no one really, everyone kind of had an idea of America. Hey, it's a big country, but they really don't know what they have over there. Then they realized they know exactly what they have. And that's a beautiful thing. And that's where I think America, honestly, it was born in the 1700s. 
but let's be honest. What we know America today, in my opinion, started December 7th, 1941. That's when America woke up and said, no more. You're not going to take us for granted anymore. We are going to show you who we are. We're going to come to the table. And yes, there are other superpowers, if you will, out there. But we're the true only one left. We're really the only one that can strike fear. Maybe China. They can truly strike fear in the rest of the world anytime they want. We can truly flex anytime we want. Do we? No, because that's not what we do. Do we belong in certain situations around the world trying to spread, quote-unquote, democracy, as, as Clover liked to bring up? I think that we put ourselves, we insert ourselves in a lot of situations that we should never be in. Yep. But we also are looked upon as the world compass of freedom. Well, we and we, we talked about this a year or two ago and when China was really kind of going through some shit in China. The Chinese people, what were they flying to show their symbol of freedom? They were flying American flags. And that's the coolest thing that I came out of that was our flag is still looked upon as a beacon of freedom. By, ahead, by some by some countries, right? And, sure. And that's, that's the issue. Sure. We're not we're not the sh shining city on a hill that Reagan once spoke of. Um, no, you know, we are far, not. We are we are a rundown, tarnished city on the hill that has slightly slightly below us on the hill is some other fairly decent cities as well. Um, there are some countries that you know, despite not having the enshrined uh, and protected liberties that we have. There are some countries that are some pretty decent countries. Um, so, you know, we, we've got, I don't think we've got competition because I don't think it is a competition, but at the same time, um, our stat, and, and let's be, let's be fair about it. Our status has been intentionally lowered by a lot of the politicians and a lot of the big capitalists in our country. And I, and I think in a, in a, and, and there's, I think and I agree with that. I think that's a good thing that they lowered expectations almost. Um, yeah. Well, to to Jay podcast out there uh, says the problem is he says these politicians forget they work for us. They don't rule us. Way too many of them need that reminder. So they move so far away from the Constitution. Uh, and it's sad to see. And here's a hard truth. And, and people are going to hate me for this, but I don't care. It's our problem. That That's our fault. Um, the politicians treat us like children. Because we, talking about the American people, society in general, act like freaking children. We do not, do we no longer take on, take on the responsibilities of our civic duties. We no longer take on the responsibilities of taking care of our fellow humans. And when we renege on the social responsibilities that we have, then the, that all that does is open the door for you know, overreach from the federal government. Um, almost everything that's that's went south that you look at now, that's a huge problem and everything else. So, like, people want to talk about this quote-unquote gun violence, right? And they want to talk about the inner cities. We all know what the problem is. The problem is socio socioeconomic status. It has to do with good schools. It has to do with jobs. There's a lot of problems, none of which are the firearm or the gun, that is the problem in these areas, and it's glaringly obvious. But how many people do you see? How many 
citizens of this great country do you see lining up to solve that problem, right? Everybody wants to holler at the federal government to do something about it. And it's the same thing. It's that's their problem, not mine. That's become the attitude in the United States is, well, that's your problem, not mine. And once well, upon a time in this country, it was not that way. You had churches that weren't run, were not ran roughshod over like they are nowadays. Whether you're religious or not, I don't give a crap. But you should be able to acknowledge that a religious institution, a church, a synagogue, whatever it might be, organized religion, right? does have the capacity to care for the needy, to care for the homeless, to do all of this other thing. But instead, we've, we've created a society that wants to attack those religions, maybe because we don't believe the way they believe. Well, who gives a crap? We got They got the freedom to do it. Let them do it. And if they want to help out with soup kitchens and other things and all of that, and a lot of churches, a lot of religious institutions still do this, right? But then here comes, again, here comes the government overreach, right? And so wouldn't a wouldn't they would a let me ask you this question one of the big issues of our time is welfare whether we're talking about you know taking care of the elderly which social security by the way was never meant to be a retirement plan social security was actually never even meant for you to even get that money back or draw it and it wasn't meant to be a light it wasn't supposed to be around this long either it was only there temporarily no, it was not. Social Security was meant to, if the if the man died, because the man died typically before his wife, his wife got a little bit of a stipend until a few years later she died. That's the, That was the premise, uh, ultimately, of Social Security. Now it's become a thing to where you've got older generations that say, oh, don't take away my Social Security, you know. I paid into that. I paid into that. Well, you were so, you were people were suckered back then, and they continue to get suckered into that whole idea today. It's ridiculous. So it has become, whenever you've got, more money going out than is coming in. That's a welfare program. I hate to tell you that. It's a welfare program. I get it. You paid it. You paid into it. But ultimately, more money is going out than's coming in, right? It's a welfare program. So we take that. We take whatever other programs there are. And I actually carved out a caveat for WIC. I like the WIC program. Why? Because it's specific. It says, okay, we're going to help these needy mothers or whatever out. They're in need. They need a, a hand up, right? Not a hand out. And so here's you a voucher. You can go get milk and some vegetables and some juice and some formula. Very specific. Not here's a credit card. Go buy freaking roast beef and T-bones, right? Or, or the, go buy yourself mechanic, a new Dodge Charger and use this as your down yeah. payment. Well, or eat yeah. McDonald's nowadays, right? While the mechanic down the street that's also working bartending at night, two jobs to try to feed his freaking family, right, is paying taxes, is paying for that, right? So what if the welfare programs were on a, instead of being controlled by the federal government, was on a local, almost municipal level where they could direct the money in a proper fashion to the people of that specific community and handle those specific needs. Again, we're talking about the government that works best is the government that is closest to the people, i.e. not the federal government. Well, and I that's couldn't the agree. Whole thing. That's beautiful. Go ahead, Rogue. But that's the whole thing about this is that we've become reliant on the federal government. It was never designed to be reliant. I mean, you can handle things at a local level way better than you can at a national level. Um, that's what I like about what you're saying there, Clover, is let's get things out of the federal government. Let's get it 
back to the local level where it was designed to be. Um, we were not supposed to have this big government that's supposed to do everything for us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I see is in society, we want to solve, we don't want to solve the problem. We want to solve the symptom. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is everybody wants to solve the symptom. Um, I mean, it even goes into healthcare. A oh, lot yeah. of healthcare professionals, all they know is symptoms. They don't know the root cause. They don't know how to get to root cause. They just know that, hey, you've got That's this, deliberate. I'll give you this pill. Yeah, I, I agree it's with deliberate. you. Well, I, talk, I, I, I'm not talking about healthcare. I'm talking about governmentally. It's I, deliberate. No, I, I agree. It creates, I, it creates it a creates class a that is dependent. And if they're dependent, yeah. you control them. You control well, their see, votes. See, and that's why I call uh, people in Washington. I don't call them politicians. I call them the ruling class because that's how they've set this up. Um, they're the ruling class. They're going to tell us. And Clover, I, I like what you say is people act like children. They do. They totally do. And the unfortunate thing is, is that gave the ruling class more power. Well, it continues and, to. It continues. It's yeah, not exactly. like, and that's also a human condition. That's especially a human condition when you've grown up soft. What is the old saying? You know, hard times make tough men, and tough men create yeah. easy times, and easy times create weak men. Type thing, right? And yeah, everybody it's, is it's everybody a nasty cycle for sure. Everybody's yeah, soft. Everybody is. Times. Everybody is soft. And everybody is uneducated. You're soft and you've got a populace that is soft and uneducated. And what I mean by that is the whole, you know, I'm entitled scenario coupled with they're uneducated. They don't understand that the government is not supposed to be there to take care of them. You know, they're they're not supposed to look to the government. The people that freaked over the over the row decision, the people that freaked over that and all it did was throw it back to the states where it should be. Correct. 99.9% 99.9% of everything that goes on should be going on by the states, period. If it's not in the That's Constitution. That's why we're called the United States of America, not America. If it's not yeah. specifically written in the Constitution, not, oh, well, we interpret it this way. If it's not specifically written in the Constitution, Correct. it belongs It belongs to the states. Now, if you want it written in the Constitution, guess what? Guess what, uneducated people out there? They gave us a way to do that. Get at But here's okay. So here's the deal, and you and I had this discussion last week, Clover, and and we we, we finished that discussion. We said, "Damn, that'd be a great podcast." So we're going to kind of go into this. There is an avenue for a constitutional convention to be held, but I would say that once again, we're talking people under forty. And if if you're one of those people out there, I apologize. I'm not trying to offend you, but in general. People under 40 are are, ed, are less educated by choice on civics. I believe that the government and civics should be a mandatory class and not just a semester class in high school, not an elective. It should be mandatory that everyone takes a civics class, everyone takes a government class, truly to understand how our government is supposed to work. That in my said, high school... In my high school, seniors had to take it. You had to take government your senior. We year. did too, but and they don't have to anymore. It's graduate. an elective now. That's that's the way I was too. Now it's an elective. Now it's a skate class. Is hey, oh, I can take that civics or government class, get my easy A in my senior year, and not have to do anything. Um, that's not the way I it was suspect, when I was growing up. I suspect that's deliberate too. 
hundred percent. Um, but this is the discussion that Clover and I started last week is a true constitutional convention called by the governors. There are some ways that it may not be as good as it sounds because if you open it up, you're not just opening up for that one particular item. You open up the constitution for everything. See, we and that's that why it'll in, never. That's why it'll never happen again. That's we've had that in Montana, our Montana state um, constitution. There are people here trying to call for a you know a convention to redo because they're saying the Montana you know constitution has a hundred and one al um, uh, amendments to it, so obviously it's broken, and they've been calling it for uh, for a while. Because, you know, we have that in our state constitution. You know, I remember saying to my wife going, I don't want them to have this, you know, convention because they're going to rewrite the entire constitution of the state. And they're going to screw up a lot of stuff because a lot of things are going to sneak in. They're going to overwrite, you know, the freedoms that we have as a state. And fortunately, so far, it's been voted down, but it. I like what you're saying in that goes because it'll go the exact same way if it goes up to the federal level. And well, you're going to have people who don't understand what's going on. You know, some, I, I could guarantee that someone's probably going to say there needs to be a, a, uh, an amendment saying $30 an hour minimum wage. They, you know, they don't understand. They just think, Hey, we should have $30 an hour minimum wage. Hey, take economics 101 and learn why a $30 an hour minimum wage is not going to work. But yeah, there you have this constitution convention, you open everything up for debate and you could lose. I mean, we're all gun people here, right? We're all got, we all, you know, mm -hmm. gun channels and stuff like that. We're very um, in tune to the second amendment. It's a very, sh there's very short wording in there. It lays stuff out. They will start working gun control into well, that like you would not believe. Well, it, it, it could flip the other way also. I'll, I'll let Plover here in a second, but before we, I'll, I'll forget this. I'm not very smart. Um, it could flip the other way. No matter what party is kind of in control at the state level, you know, let, let's say that 40 out of the 50 governors are Republican. They could call for a constitutional convention and they could get, I think, it, what is it? It's got to be what, two thirds or something? It's three fourths. I mean, uh, and it's an absorbent amount. It doesn't happen very often, to say the least. There's the numbers to do it. Um, but you open it up for a particular item. Well, here's the problem you have with that. No matter what what your idea is, you can go in and try to do blah, 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 blah. But it's all open. Yeah. You could get what you wanted. And then you could get what you don't want. I mean, it works both ways with both parties and both ideas and all of that. The, the issue with freedom is that we have these avenues. But here's where I get frustrated. And, and I'll bring Clover back in here in a second. This is just my thought is we have a lot of avenues that were written by our founding fathers to give us a template and a guide and a, and a map. To, they're incredibly smart. Remember, these most of these guys were in their 30s and 40s because aside from Ben Franklin and a couple other ones, 
life expectancy wasn't 70 years old back in the 1700s. They're talking like 30s and 40-year-old guys. Some of them were in their 20s. And you talk about like a John Adams and a Thomas Jefferson. They hated each other. But they came together for the right ideas of what America is. Yeah. Instead of fighting, bickering, saying, well, I want this and I want this, and then never have it ever happen, they said, you know what? Here's an idea, and it still works today. But we have all these avenues that we can do. A lot of people are not educated on the avenues that we have at our disposal. And if they are aware of them, they don't truly know how they work, um, including some of our, quote, unquote, elected leaders. And I say that, use that term very loosely. Um, they don't truly understand how Which it's supposed one, to Which one, leader or elected? Uh, either. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'll bring Clover because I, I, I completely told him to shut the hell up. So, uh, yeah, go for it because I, I wanted to get that out because well, we, were, we were going down an avenue. That I had to make a point that I don't think truly people understand how it's supposed to work. So I've heard people talk about, you know, opening up the Constitution and they're like, oh, it'll give us a chance. We can strengthen the Second Amendment. Am I alone? And this is a rhetorical question because I've got a fairly long spiel here. But am I alone in thinking that the Second Amendment is perfect? A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, comma the right yeah. of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. How much clearer can you be than shall not be infringed? A well-regulated militia, a group of able-bodied citizens. Citizens. Militia meant are, the citizenship. That are regulated, meaning regularly equipped, ordinarily required. Equipped meaning regular. There's a reason. And let's be honest, back then the militia were better armed than the government's army was. Absolutely. Let's be honest. And there's a reason that that they were called back in the day regulars, regulated. They were regular. It was ordinary. It was commonplace for them to be ready to go at a moment's notice. Why? For the security of a free state. Here is a, a problem that I have with a lot of the right-wing people on the 2A issue. This does not mean internal tyranny. There are many, many factors that threaten the security of a free state. Many, many factors. There can be natural disasters. There can be, uh, you know, which includes famine, which, uh, you know, internal threats, external threats. Obviously, there's a lot of different things. It's not just, oh, Second Amendment was to fight tyranny. Bull crap. Okay, bullcrap. Security of a free state. There's a lot of things woven into that. That, and that doesn't mean why? a state. The state means the country, by the way. Why it doesn't it mean written? a state. Right. Why was it written? Why was it written that way? Right. So that any for anything that threatened livelihood, you know, the way of life, constitution, the security, right? the people's well-being, right? Your life, liberty, and your pursuit of property, essentially, right, is a threat to the security of a free state, right? Obviously, the right of the people, the people were the militia, to keep and bear arms, right, to own and to carry weapons of war is what arms mean. People had tanks, I mean tanks, people had cannons, people had warships, right? And then, like I said, if they had things back then, it would have been awesome. <laughs> if, if, if you are of the mind that we need to strengthen the Second Amendment when it says in text, shall not be infringed, what in the world is wrong with you? 
Yeah, to be fair, they did have tanks back then. They were called horse and buggies with a cannon on the back of it. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Um, once again, people want to on both sides of the aisle. Let's just be honest. People want to take the twenty-seven words and try to reinterpret it into today's yeah. meanings. But you have to understand what those words meant. In the 1700s, well-regulated was means they were equipped, they were ready to go at a moment's time, they were organized. Militia meant the citizenship, it meant the populace. It doesn't mean guys up in Idaho on a farm that's closed themselves off to the government to ready to overthrow it. That's not what a militia is. In the 1700s, it meant the populace, a well-armed and organized populace. Because the security of a free state, it, it did it, not mean the state of Texas, the state of Virginia. It meant the state. There's a reason why it is called the Department of State, the Secretary of State. It is the country. It is the state. Our state is a country. Understand that, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that that's where a lot of it comes down to, is people want to try to reinterpret those 27 words into today's vocabulary and definitions and well, you cannot do that you and i disagree a little bit on the state i believe that they were talking about a state and and the reason i said it, it doesn't matter in the end because federal powers would have the power to call up the militias from said state for anything that was a federal issue i i i see okay and i and i see what you're saying there i will disagree with that because i understand that we're called the united states of america but the, the term state at this point was talking about at the federal level. They weren't writing the Bill of Rights for the state of Virginia. They were writing the Bill of Rights for America and the state of America. A statesman, if you will. It, it's, it's the country. That, that's, where I, that's what I believe they meant was. When you're looking at the Constitution and in particular yeah. the Bill of Rights, every time that state is mentioned it is referring to the individual states every time mm -hmm. and i'm saying that it and also I, I'm saying is it's not any state. different it's not any different in the second amendment as it is in any of the other amendments i, I well, have to respectfully disagree with you sir uh, and that's, that's that's great i have absolutely no problem with that West i think we can i think we can all i think we can all agree that it meant what's that well, West out there says state equals government, and I mean that's what I'm saying. Right. It's it's government. It, it, it's a state. It's a semantics issue, and it, it gets if we if we change the argument around and we start talking about some of the other amendments, then it really starts getting hairy. If you start talking about the federal government, um, what you've got to realize is the state of the the state. I use that word in a completely different context. Um, what you got to realize is how the federal government was perceived at the time. And again, the huh, founders that's believed... That's the thing. The, the, the federal government the founders, was, was minimal at, at best. At minimal exactly. at best. So if, if the federal government was minimal and they were pushing most of the power to govern onto the states, then why would they not mean state in there? And like I said, I get you in that 
all of said states make up the United States, and therefore, therefore, That's and therefore, therefore, a, a a free country no, uh, instead of a free state, a free country to protect a, the country. Right. In my eyes, that's what I interpret it as. A security threat for an individual state affects all states. It is a federal condition. Absolutely. 100%. Right. Absolutely. 100%. So in an no abstract, doubt about it. I get what you're saying in an abstract, but as far as the original intent of the Constitution, I don't believe that's what was meant. So let me go on to this, because this is another one that I hear a lot, and I'm sure we all have pretty strong opinions and, and I'm all for all opinions. That's what's great. We don't have to agree on everything. I think we all agree on the basis of what we're agreeing on, but minute things, it is what it is. Is let me ask you guys this. Is the constitution a living document? Nope. I don't I don't truly believe it is. I I don't think that Okay. It was it meant to be, hey, here's our guidelines, but hey, as years go on, you guys feel free to change them anytime you want. No, 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 no This no, was no. our only map. The, I, no, I, I think it's it. a living document only within the context that we've already discussed. Correct. The amendment it's, process. Yeah. It's not Absolutely. a living document. Living document means you interpret it however you mean for the time. For the time, right? exactly. And it's like, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You have to take the original intent and then apply said original intent to the time. to today. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I, that's that's what I, I, I agree hundred percent. That's where I get the problem. We were talking about earlier is the constitutional conventions, all of this, the uh, what's going on in society with cancel culture and all of that. People wanting to create laws and create these guidelines to our country because of what they feel today. Well, guys, understand the reason why the First Amendment is the First Amendment. It's the, the first, if you want to talk about the Bill of Rights being one of the most important documents in the world, maybe the most important part of that document is the First Amendment. And those people say, oh my God, no, the Second Amendment. No, 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 no. The First Amendment makes us who we are. The Second Amendment protects that. But the First Amendment, in my eyes, truly sets us apart than any other country in the world. We're saying, guys, you have the right to freedom of speech. You have the right to freedom of well, religion, are... expression, to peacefully assemble. These are things that at the time had never been heard of in a, in a society, in a governmental society. It's never, it had never been heard of that the government was going to relinquish control to the people. That's what well, makes us so great. So the Second Amendment by itself is not the only protection in the Bill of Rights. No, 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 no. There, no, there no. are multiple. There are multiple that are direct. But there's a reason why the Second Amendment was the Second Amendment in their minds. Yeah. We're going to give you these freedoms. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to acknowledge and guarantee these freedoms and then we're going to give you a way to fight back if the government tries to take them away from you. Or anybody else. Or anybody else. But especially your own government. Because let's remember why these people did this. They were living in a society that the King of England literally made the Church of England the official 
religion of England. You will not practice any other religion besides what I say in England goes. We're going to tax you. We're going to treat you like second-class citizens while we cultivate your land and make you give us everything back. All of this stuff that was building up, that's why these patriots did this. They said, no, we're not going to let you tell us what to do anymore. We are a free people. But you also got to be careful. It says necessary to the security of a free state. It doesn't say necessary to fight tyranny. I understand and tyranny that. is not the only threat to a free state. So the no, no, I, I don't, I, I don't disagree with that. But that is one amendment. of them. Is it a check there? Yes, I agree. It is a check, but it's not just a check. And we've got to we've got to acknowledge that. And by acknowledging that, we also acknowledge that this is not a one size fits all zero sum game. Mm-hmm. That that there are multiple assaults on our freedom from multiple different angles all the time, whether it be political, whether it be geopolitical, or whether it be whether it be societal. And all mm-hmm. of those are threatening to the security of a free state. Hundred percent. Uh Idaho Rogers USMC says Constitution and Bill of Rights is a covenant between the government and the people. The first ten amendments are protections from the government. Hundred percent. Once again, the idea they're protecting this against is what, the go- against the government. From is a, is a dangerous word. There, maybe it was a typo. Well, but protecting themselves from from a, a tyrannical government, right? Against the government, saying yeah, protecting us word, from the government. Yes, correct. That's that's the thing that we have to understand. Is that's why this is such a beautiful. The, the constitutions and the Bill of Rights are a beautiful document. It was written in a time that they wanted to start this, but they knew that it was going to evolve and grow over time. And we're still a very young country. Let's be honest. Yeah. We're incredibly young when it comes down to country's age. The fact that there are people out there that do not believe that the constitution is relevant today is, is crazy to me. The idea, and when I say I don't think the Constitution is a living document, the Constitution was written to always use as a guideline to today's whatever's going on today, forever, not just 250 years down the road. We're talking forever. And that's the crazy thing is, is to me, you have these young men who got together that a lot of them didn't like each other. They, they didn't like each other. But they came together and wrote this document that said, this is who we want to be. This is who we are right now. And we're giving you a pathway to figure out 250 years later who you want to be then. And I think that's that's why, in my eyes, the, con- the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, is the greatest document ever written because it was never heard of before. To this day, there are countries, there are there are people that hate us. Let's be real, okay? Uh, I've seen some evil in my time, and it's pure evil. You see hatred towards America. The idea of America, there is pure hatred, not for the individual people, for the idea of America. 200 and some odd years later, almost 250 years later, a couple documents that were written by some young men with an idea has brought hatred upon a people. Have we caused some of that hatred? Absolutely. Absolutely we have. We are arrogant. 
Let's be honest. We are arrogant. I'm not saying it's not justified to a certain extent, but we are who we are. But we didn't get here without that arrogance. You know how arrogant it must have been to actually stand up against the British Empire, which at the time was the largest empire in the world, and say no more? That's a lot of fucking arrogance to do that to begin with. Go ahead. Oh, I was just, um, you know, I mean, as far as at the time, um, and maybe the trickle-down effects on the Constitution, but the Magna Carta was pretty was pretty pimp as well. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying I, I, Magna Carta was at 1490. Was it was at 1490? No, it was before that, wasn't it? Shoot, like 1492 is when Columbus founded the New World. Uh, yeah, no, Magna Carta. There are obviously great documents, but I'm still going to put up the, the Declaration of Independence and the Cons and the Bill of Rights up there with anyone. Anyone that wants to argue, yeah. I mean, no, it, it took it to a whole new level. level. It took it to a Absolutely. whole new level. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. But I'm I'm wondering without that, without that though, I don't. You t- you talk about the butterfly effect type thing, right? You change one sure. thing, yeah, you change yeah, yeah. Once. And like without the Magna Carta, I don't know that the, I don't know that the United States exists. I would say that the Magna, Magna Carta, Carta was written in 1215, by 1250, the way. 1250, yeah, yeah. I think 1492 is when Columbus founded, founded the New World, but yeah, and, and it was really freaking old. The Magna Carta, I'm not going to say it is the template for future governments. I think it was a template for people to start thinking on their own and thinking of new ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think the Magna Carta was something that changed well, it was all Countries, the idea. It but it, started but it, but, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. It started the idea of equality. Basically, that's what, that's what I'm saying. It, it, it like, gave people an idea to start thinking of new shit. Yeah. Right. It's like it doesn't matter if you and there's always cronyism and there's other things that you sprinkle in that, that taints the system. But it was the idea that the common man, the, the duke or the lord or the earl or the king, it's like you're not above the the supreme laws, right? Like you don't get away with murder. You don't get away with stealing. You don't get away just because of your statute. So it was, uh, it was almost an equal playing field, human rights type thing. Sorry, I was on my wife. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that once again, it gave a template on not only to start thinking, but maybe even gave a template of how to write it down how to organize new thoughts and new ideas. Uh, Maybe that the fact that there's a possibility that Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and Patrick Henry and Ben Franklin, all these John, all these wonderful people had the Magna Carta in the back of their mind. Maybe they're the, they studied the Magna Carta and said, we can take this. And they gave us a way to write down what we want. They gave us a way to express and organize our thoughts into something that people can get and can understand and can live by. So, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I would hundred percent agree that Magna Carta is up there with, with the important for a lot of different reasons. hundred percent. I, I would not disagree with that. I still personally think that our world as we know, it would be completely different without the declaration of independence and the bill of rights. That's why I put it such a high esteem. Now, maybe that's the arrogance of being an American. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about being arrogant. Maybe that is. If we live somewhere else, you know, there might be people thinking over in Southeast Asia or in Asia that, you know, Art of War was the greatest document. And 
you know, hell, it very well could be to some people. You know, there is a lot of different things that uh, I just, I just could don't, be. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I agree. I mean, the greatest, yes, I would agree with that. Does it happen? Is it was my point. Without two things, actually, without the Magna Carta and the Bible, it's like, and, and again, religion aside, I'm talking about the moral and the principal codes, some of that which is contained within the Bible, some of the theological thing, oh, thou shalt not kill. Let's take the Ten Commandments out of there, for example, right? Um, for you know, societal civility sake more than anything. But, you know, when you're talking about biblical text as well as the Magna Carta, I don't think that either one of those documents happened without that. No, That's I, all I'm I, saying. I, I'm saying it's no, no, I agree with you. No, I, I don't I'm disagree. Greater. I'm not saying they're greater because I don't think No, 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 100%. And I think that there is a direct reason why there were 10 Bill of Rights. And also look at the philosophers, right? You know, we, we, we over, gloss over that sometimes at the amount of philosophy that the founders were into. You know, there's, there's such, you know, you talk about the United States being a melting pot and, you know, people think that, you know, oh, it, you know, it's a, maybe the turn of the, the century in the 1900s is when it started becoming a melting pot, right? Or, you know, something like that. And it was pretty much a melting pot in its foundation from all of the different things that the founders and the framers looked to for guidance and putting it together. Uh, when you look at, at philosophy, like I said, biblical texts and things from other countries and ancient civilizations and philosophy and all of the different angles that they went down. Um, it was, and, and what was, what's insane is that it led to what I think is the greatest document, political document, government document, whatever you want to call it of a human document of all time in the constitution. But it's like, there was so many influences in that you had a few, I think that were big influences, the, you know, like I said, biblical text and the Magna Carta, but there was so many other influence from Eastern philosophy to Greek philosophy to just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Idaho out there says, read the Federal's papers. Then you'll know. Yeah. The Federal's papers were phenomenal. Um, we need to be reading everything that came out back then. It's all gives you a glimpse into the mindset of what America's idea was from the very beginning. Uh, Mike, I know you got to go here in a minute. I want to give you the floor, chime in, rebut, whatever, anything we've talked about. And then obviously uh, before you go, make sure you uh, tell people where they can find you, what you, what kind of projects you've got going on right now. But I want to give you the floor before you leave. Anything that you want to bring up or talk about that we've been talking about before. I know Clover and I have uh, kind of had this discussion and, and I didn't mean it for that to happen, but yeah, we do this a lot. <laughs> That's no, all right, man. Thanks. I, I appreciate it. First off, thanks for the invite. I know you, you send it rather frequently, and I rarely get the opportunity to join, so I was glad to be here tonight. Um, as far as the topic of discussion tonight, freedom, you know, I, I think that ideally freedom is that state that we talked about earlier in which you do people are are able to do whatever it is they want as long as they harm no one else um unfortunately with humans being human that doesn't happen that's just the way it is there must be some form of government whose sole function ideally 
would be to protect its citizens from each other and from itself. That's a, um, that's a beautiful point right there. Well said. Unfortunately, people governments are made up of people. And people aren't perfect. People fail. People are ignorant. People are greedy. People are corrupt. And things tend to go downhill. That's just, that's people too. Every empire that has ever risen in the history of man has fallen at one point or another. Usually from within, from itself. Uh, you know, look, look at up until, you know, to this day, I, I believe the greatest empire ever known has been the Roman Empire. You know, it had its warts. It was ugly. But it also had its good points. And it fell through societal decay. Just like ours is. You know, bringing that back to freedom and where I see it is today, it is, is you know, it's in that uh, decline I was talking about. And, you know, not to be cliche, but I want to I, I want to quote a song. You know, if, if any of you are, are metal fans, you know, you'll you'll recognize this. Independence limited freedom of choice is made for you, my friend. Freedom of speech is words that they will bend. Freedom no longer frees you. Doesn't matter what you see or intuit what you read. You can do it your own way. If it's done just how I say. And that's where we're at right now. Look at all the deplatforming that goes on if you disagree with the group thing. Look at how you are exposed to cancel culture, how you are excoriated, vilified, and downright dehumanized if you dare to say something against the group thing. What are we going to do about it, people? If you guys want to uh, find my stuff, it's MK Outdoor Journal here on YouTube. I do a show allegedly every Monday, but uh, yeah, that's been kind of cattywampus lately. Matter of fact, my show, The Right of the People, where we use the first to defend the second, is going to be this week on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. So come on over and check it out. We talk about Second Amendment-related politics, news, and current events. Uh, I do other stuff, too, like Ghost mentioned earlier. So, you know, if you want to check it out, check it out. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll see you guys later, man. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for coming in, Mike. I appreciate you. It's good seeing you again, buddy. Yeah, whenever uh, I can, brother. It's been since, uh, I guess, the gatherings when we saw each other last, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, the gatherings when we saw each other last. Since then, I've yeah. just been working my butt off. Uh, I understand. I understand. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for coming in. Love the points. And you, you said a couple things right there that uh, were very well said. I think a lot of it comes down to people don't want to work work at it. People don't want to take the hard way. They want to take the easy way and kind of going with what everyone was talking about. And I think, I don't know if it was Clover or Rogue or someone said that we've almost allowed the government to kind of take over. And I think a lot of that's because of laziness. It's not because we truly believe that the government is there to help us or we believe the government should take care of us. I think it's an easy way out. I think it's, it's, it's exactly a lazy to let thing. Big Papa take care of us and do what he says. So he continues to take care of us. 
Yeah, and Clover says that thanks for uh, letting me get sued by Metallica. I appreciate that. <laughs> What's that? Uh, hey, Clover. <laughs> hey, just be glad I didn't sing it, right? You no, exactly. Lars, Lars is uh, Lars, the social justice warrior of, yeah. of metal, man. They like to sue people. They like so. it. Well, I don't know I if don't Headfield. Know I don't know if Headfield. I think. I think. I think, I think Lars is the one that leads that that fight. I don't think Headfield cares. I think Lars yeah. just just likes to be Lars. Headfield is almost conservative. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. He's pretty close to it. You know, for being yeah. someone who lived a long time in San Francisco, he's ultra conservative. That's why he left. Why yeah. move? But anyway, yeah. thanks for having me here. Yeah, thanks buddy. for being here. It was good to talk to you guys again. Uh, hopefully, I'll get good to do you. it again sometime soon. Absolutely. We'll see you soon, buddy. Right. See you, Mike. Yeah, that was Mike with MK Outdoors. And our minds will always be budget from budget guns and gear. So if you've heard us talk about budget guns and gear over the years, that's Mike. He's just He rebranded to uh, MK Outdoor Journal. Uh, oh, about a year or so ago. So, um, But yeah, he'll always be budget to me. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. I still rock the budget patch sometimes. And it's funny, but no, it, it's been a great conversation. Like I said, the beautiful thing, and in, in th this is what the whole thing is. Um, the beautiful thing about freedom is we were allowed to have this conversation on open airways. Other countries don't even allow you to go to certain websites on their on their state state quote unquote state led internet. Um, they don't allow you to talk against the government or about the government in any way, shape or form that might be construed as unpopular. That in its essence is what is America. That is what the founding fathers and the framers said is you have a voice and you have the right to use it. But freedom does come at a cost and freedom is hard. Freedom is one of those that you, and there's a great quote by my, one of my favorite movies of all time. And yes, it's, it was written by a liberal movie studio and all of that. But the gist of it was called the American president. Michael Douglas plays the president back, back in the nineties. Great movie. Take a, the politics of the movie aside, but the idea of the movie. And he said, America is hard. You've got to be willing to stand up and yell at the top of your lungs for what you believe in. And then Give the person who is completely against what you're saying the same freedom to say what they want to say, even though it makes your blood boil, even though it's against everything that you believe in. That's the beautiful thing about America. And that's the beautiful thing about freedom is we all have the right to utilize our voices. Are we all going to agree? Nope. Should we agree? Hell no. That's what makes it great is out of arguments or confrontations or hell, just simple, I don't agree with you. There are a lot of things that Clover and I, now the, the vast majority of things Clover and I agree on and basis of what we stand for in our lives, but we're not going to agree on everything. But that's the beautiful thing, guys, is we're free enough to be able to have these conversations, to be able to talk to each other, to be able to disagree. And you know what, what happens with disagreement somewhere, sometimes beautiful things happen out of disagreements. 
I've said this before. We all know that John Adams and, and Thomas Jefferson, a bunch of these guys, they didn't like each other. But look what came out of those discussions they had. I don't agree this is how it should be. This it should be this way. Well, I, I think that you're wrong. It should be this way. But they were able to listen to each other and say, I think we're both probably, probably right in a certain extent. And look what they did. And where I see it right now is no one's willing to listen to each other anymore. Our country has gotten to the point where no one's listening. We're blaming. We're canceling people. We're literally judging people by memes, by what they wear, by what they drive, by what they eat. I'm going I'm to leave you guys with this. I'm going to ask Clover oh, and, and Rogue this question. Prematurely judging, too. 100%. You're right. Prematurely judging. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, kind of the last question I want to ask you guys, Clover and Rogue, jump in here. In your opinion, do you think the fathers and the framers would be proud of where we are right now? No. I think there yeah. would have been another war. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part of me that said they would. For the mere fact that it, at least at least not everyone's agreeing on everything because nothing's good if everyone agrees. I think, I think they I, I think they're I think they're petrified as, as to the social aspect of what our country has become. Yeah, I don't I think from a social standpoint, right? Yeah. That's what I think yeah. they would be most absolutely happy with. Um I think the ability, the diversity, the the melting pot, right? Which is, is part of was part of their thinking and idea that everything has become. Yes, I think they would be proud of the America as the as the country it is. I think they would be proud of that. But yeah, from yeah. a societal standpoint, oh, they're yeah, and and from the government overreach angle too. I, I, I was going to say, and I think that where government is, the state of government in America is right now. Yeah, from both sides of the aisle. Right. Um, Marcus out there says this society we live in is the exact result when you raise children everybody gets a trophy instead of teaching the value of winning and losing in games and in life 100% agree you talk to you listen to let's take athletes okay in this specific thing athletes in general you talk about you, you listen to the Jordans the Gretzky's the Tom Brady's like these all-time greats. And you find out what drives them to be who they became. It was adversity. Michael Jordan getting cut from the team as a sophomore. You know, all of the Tom Brady being the 199th draft pick. No one respected him coming out. Of, every one of these great athletes have adversity in their lives. Somewhere that they failed somewhere that they feel like they didn't perform and, and they learned a lesson from losing or from failure. Marcus, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I've coached sports for a long, long time. And the best thing that could ever happen to kids is learning what it feels like to lose. I say this a lot of times and people that know me personally know this and, and it, some people don't get it. I, I understand it because it's my thought, but some people look at me and don't quite get it. To me, I hate losing more than I love winning. And a lot of people don't understand that. If I win, I almost expect to win, whatever I do. If I lose, 
don't be around me for a while. Give me my space. Give me my time. My wife will say that I'm a sore loser. And that's probably very much true. I am a sore loser. But the best things that happen into me and other a lot of people come out of losing or adversity or failing. And the fact that we're telling we're teaching our kids, the next generation, that no one loses, they literally don't keep score at games anymore in youth basketball, baseball, football. They don't keep score anymore. It's gotten to that point, and it's like, I'm sorry. If you want to learn how to win, you have to learn how to lose first. And that's just my opinion. Uh, I'm going to go through a quick rogue. Anything we've touched on, I'm going to give you the floor. Uh, comments, bring up new – we don't have to get off. I'm just saying you've got the time right now to catch up, bring up new points, um, talk about what we've discussed, go for it. Yeah, no, I mean, when we talk about the, the whole idea of freedom, um, like we said multiple times, freedom is not free. Freedom – there's a cost to freedom. Sometimes it's the ultimate cost. Sometimes it's a hurt feeling. It's everything in between. We just need to stop, you know, stop all this bickering. You know, the one thing that I'm very big of, big about is we need to relearn respect. We need to respect each other. I, you know, just because I don't have the, the same feeling, the same belief as someone else, I can still respect them. You know, I don't have to, I don't have to like you to respect you. Um, and the problem we have now is that we've lost respect for each other. You know, all we're doing is we're, you know, going into the whole cancel culture and stuff like that. It's, it, we just need to stop all this stuff. You know, I, I joked around with Mike earlier about microaggressions. Really, if, if that's what you're worried about and that's the biggest thing that scares you, Man, you have lived a sheltered life and you have, you're going to have a rough time coming someday. And how are you going to deal with that? We just need to go back to basics. You know, when everything is going haywire, we just need to go back to basics and going back to respect. You know, Ghost, you talked about, you know, the, the founding fathers, they argued and they, you know, they didn't agree with each other. But somehow they came out with two amazing documents because of respect. They respected each other. They talked it out. And we have a country because of it. So regardless of where you're at in freedom, you know, we talk about freedom to do this, freedom to do that. Just go back to the basics, understand why we have these freedoms, and understand what they're about. Well said. Yeah. Uh, I don't like screaming skull saloon. He said he could not agree more with Rogue. I, I, I want people to come on and agree with me, not with my guests. Uh, damn it. No, I'm just kidding. No, I love it. Um, I know that uh, you've, you've been busy in life and all that, but you've pushed out some pretty cool podcasts uh, the last couple of months. You want to talk about the podcast and any other uh, sure. projects you've got going on? Yeah, so so Ghost is one of three listeners of the podcast. <laughs> I'm a proud so listener of your podcast. It, it, it's not that bad. 
Um, I, I'm actually pretty happy with the way it's going. Um, I now have two podcasts a week. Uh, there's a Monday show, which is usually interview or, you know, a guest show. And then uh, Wednesday's the what what I call the micro podcast. Um, that's me. That's me talking, sometimes bitching uh, about some stuff. And it's in a micro podcast format, which means it's under 10 minutes. So you get some content in under 10 minutes, you know, compress it down. So that way you don't have to hear me just stammer on. Hell, I can't even that. say hello in 10 minutes. So there's no way I could ever do that. Well, it, it's funny because, um, you know, you know, back when you do the whole research about your, you know, your family coat of arms and all that stuff when you're, when you're a kid, um, my last name is Schaller, which is German. And in that research, it says um, Schaller is German for one who's a talkative person. So everybody who knows me and kind of knows that story and knows that I, I like to talk uh, jokes around that they can't believe that I did a podcast in under 10 minutes. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, too. And uh, that's actually kind of a fun podcast to do. I, I really not that I don't enjoy, I don't enjoy the other podcast, but sometimes it's just fun to just kind of get up there and talk. Well, and, more and, important, sometimes it's not to get shit off your chest, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what that Wednesday podcast is, even though that um, so far that podcast has been a little bit of the butt of uh, jokes against my two uh, representatives in Congress, um, because both of them have, well, pissed me off. Well, have, and, you, have um, you ever gotten a response from your letter yet? Oh, no, 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 no. And I've been going to the town hall meetings for the one, and man, he, um, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like me. Um, which is fine. Feelings mutual. Um, but I still respect them about this much. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's fun. It's, you know, the podcast is going well. I've had some great guests. Um, I, this week I had to switch the Monday and Wednesday podcast because it wasn't fair to my guests to release a, pad, a podcast on the 4th of July when everybody's out celebrating. So, um, Coming up tomorrow is an awesome podcast where I talk to a very special person, Robin Sandoval from A Girl and a Gun. Oh, awesome. Nice. And uh, she is an absolutely amazing person to talk, talk to. I heard um, she was retiring. I, I haven't heard that one. Uh, we didn't specifically talk about that, but um, she's been going pretty strong for a while, and right. uh, she's kind of she's kind of holding that organization down. If so she does decide me, to retire, then she's earned it. Well, and that <laughs> doesn't mean that doesn't mean she does nothing, right? That's like, true. No, That's true. No, she no. might give up a title it, and the day to day stuff, but I'm sure she's going to be heavily involved. Oh yeah. Well, and you think about it, she she was one of the co-founders of A Girl and a Gun, and she still serves on the board for uh, the DCA. So, I mean, she's she's busy on top of her, you know, her whole history of being an anti-gunner turned pro-gun. We actually talk about that in the podcast. Um, and that that journey for her was is actually pretty amazing. I I, I really enjoyed talking to her about that. So um 
she's an amazing person. She she also led me to another person where uh, the two of us are trying to synchronize schedules um, for August. And um, I think that's going to be an awesome podcast too. But no, I've been I've been kind of lucky that I made some great contacts when I was down at Shot, and that's paying off in the podcast where I'm getting some really awesome guests. That's awesome, awesome. Uh, Ozzy out there says, "Why is it every single thing that Democrats have done since they the government has been to hurt the American people?" You know. Uh, I don't agree with the premise. I, I, I don't agree because I'll say this. I, as much as President Biden drives me up a wall, there's two things. One, I, I, I think, just like I'll say about President Obama and, and even President Trump and all of them, I think to the most point, there is still kind of the Darth Vader. Like, there's a piece of Anakin still alive in Darth Vader. I think there's still a little piece of a good person in most of these people, I just think that the power, the politics has taken over. The dark side has taken, regardless of which side of the aisle, the, the dark side has taken over. But there's still a little piece of Anakin left in all of them, uh, for a, a decent analogy there. Um, I think that President Biden is a puppet right now. And I think that he's created an atmosphere that he has zero control over what's being gone on and that's his own fault let's be honest there's a lot of reasons why i well, don't bull oh go ahead go ahead i'm just saying I, and and two i mean when you say when you say something like the democrats have never done anything it's like right. eh, you don't keep up with everything let's be honest yeah. because it's we ha we've had this conversation talking about and the republicans Pittsburgh. are everything that they do is gold and either let's there be was a reason <laughs> that scalia and ginsburg were friends mm -hmm. and ginsburg you know being mo way more liberal uh, than Scalia still sure. come down on the right side on a lot of a lot of issues, yeah. um, and, and there are Democrats throughout time that have pushed for the right things and done the right things and accomplished things the same as Republicans have right, and it couldn't happen without both parties in a lot of we're yeah. we're we're really into this hyper-partisan time right now, talking about current mm -hmm. politics, politics over the last, especially 20 years or so. 20 plus um, years, yeah. yeah 20, 30 20 years, or, yeah. 20 or 30, maybe. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's gotten worse as it's, as it, it, it's exponentially gotten worse as time has gone on. But yeah. it used to not be that way, and there was a lot of nonpartisan stuff. So to say that they didn't accomplish anything, it's like they, they couldn't have got it done if they didn't work together. Um, and so, you know, have they done a lot of bad things? Yeah, but, has, you know, um, the Republicans have too. I mean, Patriot yeah. Act, anybody? Um, so, you know, oh, they, get me they, going on that. you know, Department of Homeland Security, anybody? I mean, I, you know, it, there's a lot of things that Republicans have done as well. And that's why we got to keep both sides in check. That's why I prefer a balance of, of political power. I prefer there to be not one party control ac across Congress and the, uh, the executive branch or the presidency. Mm. I like a yeah. I like a balance because that's the way the founders intended to be to be checks and balances across the branches, um, and with political you know party control and stuff. That's just another check on everything, um, and so it, it, the the sad thing is in modern times it's led to gridlock. Where in the past it's it's 
led to them actually reaching across the aisle and actually doing the business of the people, which is what they should be doing. Well, let's remember also that a lot of people tend to forget history uh, when it's not convenient for them. Yeah. The way that history used to be in America was, let's say, whatever the two parties at the time that were the power, the winner became president, but they didn't have a running mate. The loser became the vice president. Yeah. So you had the president yeah. and vice president in different parties yeah. by design, you know. Yeah. Uh, people forget about that. I, I agree the hundred percent. The checks and balances isn't just between branches, it's checks and balances yeah. of everything. The idea yeah. of checks and balances goes much further than just executive branch, judicial branch, and, and Congress, legislative and, branch. And we also got to we got to we got to get over ourselves. Um, Rogue said it earlier about not having to like somebody, but at least there was some respect there. Um, yeah. And th there's a problem when we say there's a reason know, why I call him President we, Biden. I don't like him. I'm still going to call him President Biden. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. I don't like the let's go Brandon nomenclature, but that's that's yeah. me. I mean, you say whatever you want to say. I just don't like it. Um, and so. You know, I have listened to, especially lately, we hear about, you know, the big red wave and all this other stuff that's supposedly going to happen in November. And what that's did is that's, that's driven me to actually listen to some folks that identify as Democrat. Um, and yeah. have historically, you go back and they have been lifelong Democrats and they're hating yeah. on the party right now. They're like, we don't agree mm -hmm. with what Biden's doing, what Harris is doing, this person, that person, that, that, that. we don't agree, but they're still Democrats. Um, and they, they still identify for whatever reason with the party. And we all know that regardless of what the, the party nomenclature is, you know, a politician going to be politician. Right. So it, it's, you know, they can all be rats and they can all be horrible regardless of the d or the r by their name just like any any person right can be a good or a horrible person and so we got to get away from these labels these liberal conservative democrat republican and sticking everybody from that one label you know putting a label on it put them all in a box and saying they're all for this or all against this or whatever we got to quit because america this country was founded on was you know was built upon the um, the individual person. It was built on the idea mm. of individualism, and you know we at at the root of it, we are all individuals. Yes, there is a certain amount of groupthink that happens from time to time. Why? Because humans are tribalistic beings. That's correct. But we are also individuals. We recognize that, and so don't. Don't just run around and throw people in boxes because, I, you know, I have it done to me all the time. I'm sure ghosts, I'm sure you do and rogue do and everybody out there in the chat have people that, that you say something and somebody automatically throws you into whatever box they want to throw mm. you in. Oh yeah, And it's like, you don't know me like quit. You don't know me. And so I apply that same approach to everybody else. It's the golden rule, right? Like do unto others. Mm -hmm. Right. Or treat others like you want to be Just treated. Be a whatever. good person. Just, right. I'm yeah, not exactly. going, I'm not going to take your stance on this issue, whatever it might be, and put you in a box. I'm not. Yep. Because just because you disagree with me on this issue or just because you agree with me on this issue doesn't mean you agree with everything that that box entails. So boxes Correct. and labels are stupid. Knock it off. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Well said.
Uh, Chloe, I want to give you a few minutes here to uh, fill in any gaps that we've had. More importantly, well, I mean, you don't do I, much, but if you I, were to do yeah. something content-wise, I mean, do you have something that you're going to be working on anytime soon? Uh, well, I mean, we had the video drop today, uh, so it's a shotgun video. Go check that out. Um, I'm actually surprised at how well it's done, considering it was a late drop. But uh, yeah, go check that out. I'm not going to give that one away. Uh, tomorrow we've got uh, Josiah and Chad with Palmetto State Armory, and nice. then. Um, then Thursday we've got Austin, I believe, with um, um, Austin with uh, the the who am I getting? Manus, Manus, Manus. There you go. <laughs> uh, now mandatory carry says he's not capable of being a good person. I think you're a good person. You just bat shit crazy. Uh, <laughs> totally, Hello. totally different subject. Totally different argument. I think you're a good person. You're just you're just a few crayons short of a box. No, I love mandatory carry. Uh, he knows that. I, I joke with him, and and, that, and like he said earlier, he comes here to fight with me and, and all of that. And I love that. I love that about him. That's that's why he's short a few crayons because you ate them. Well, we were talking about this off air. You know, we were talking about. I was reading something when Rogue came in. As I, uh, uh, he was sitting in the green room for a little while, I think, and. And I told him, I said, you know, he says, oh, I'm surprised you, they taught you how to read. I said, well, they don't teach us how to read in the Marine Corps. All the books that we get are picture books, but they don't allow us to have coloring books because we'll never finish them because we eat all the crayons. I'm all for picture books. Picture books, the only way I can read a, a book. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, wonder, I wonder how the Magna Carta would look in pictures. That'd be interesting. I don't know hmm. mandatory carry. I don't know if that comment out there was to me. So, so I suppose I'll never hear you use the word bootlicker. Um, within a certain context, oh. you you might, you know. Um, <clears throat> I don't, you know, I may use certain words, but I try to use them within a context. And what I just got through on my spiel talking about, um, yeah, you go back and look, and I'm, I'm pretty steady in saying that. I don't like labels. I don't like boxes. Uh, I think I believe in the individual individualism and the individual spirit. Uh, and for many, many, many years, I've said that exact same thing. So uh, I think I'm pretty consistent. But, uh, yeah, I've probably used the, the term at some point. Um, I think I, I think I used it one time and it was just uh, it, it was out of hatefulness. I'll be honest with you. But there was some issues with the local police department here. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's when it come up and I, and I ended up backing up and actually apologizing. Uh, for it because it was it was unfair of me. I did not have we talked about prematurely judging people. <laughs> so right. I, I kind of did that. And so uh, that's why I'm careful not to, you know, not to use those boxes. Um, it, but sometimes I'm human. Like I said, we're all fallible and sometimes I will. That's right. Well, I think that the the best way to understand that we're human is to accept that we're going to make mistakes. Uh, no one's perfect. And that, that's, that's a cliche that's been going on for a couple thousand years. No one's perfect. Right. Um, I will say that understanding that we're not perfect and expecting yourself not to be perfect are, are two of those things. And in the freedom discussion, understanding that this is not a perfect country we have to continuously work at it, but the biggest way to work at it is respecting the other opinion. 
and I couldn't agree more with what Clover and Rogue both said, where we stand right now as a society, um, we have to start listening to each other. We don't have to agree, but we have to start listening to each other and asking ourselves, is there any part of what that person just said that I could take from it? Instead of just going straight to, I hate you and burn baby burn you know whatever it is um you know it, it, i that, don't that, i don't agree with you right it's like that that hearing the word no and saying i don't agree with you that should exactly. not be the reason for you to call me names or retreat to your safe space either way right and the and the far right wants to call us call you names most of the time if you don't agree with <laughs> That's true. And the far left wants to, you know, cancel, cancel you, you. And, then, and then retreat to <laughs> and then retreat to their space, safe space. So right. both both extreme ends of the spectrum have their have their problems. You know, the vast majority of people in the middle, they don't care. They get it. It's like yeah. we, we I understand. You've got your opinions, you've got your perspectives. That's all driven by your experiences in life. And again, it's individualism. None of us walk the same path in this life. And yep. so we're going to be a little different on everything and we're going to disagree. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That is okay. That's exactly, I, I believe that our founding fathers wanted, they wanted to be okay to disagree. They wanted, they wanted great discussions because guess what guys, that's how they thought of all this. Having great discussions arguments and if you they, will and there were many many feuds in oh that, uh, man in oh, that ended in death so ended yeah. in duels literally in duels with guns yeah. you know yeah um yeah. that's a real thing uh guys thank you so much for watching it was a great conversation i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i did live if you're watching this and replay or listen to it in podcasts that's two hours and 15 minutes you're never getting back. So I apologize for that, but thank you for joining us. Uh, it was a great conversation, and the conversation doesn't have to end. Utilize that comment section below. Speak your mind. Um, tell me what you think and ask any questions, and let's continue this conversation. And I hope that you continue this conversation locally with your family, with your friends, with complete strangers that – may not have the same point of view in life as you do. You can be civil. You can have a conversation and still walk away with a little bit of respect for yourself and for the other person. So remember what freedom's about. Freedom, freedom is what you make of it. Freedom is what we should all strive to be. Do not, and like Clover said, don't put us in boxes. Don't put labels because that's not what freedom's about. Freedom is a... Say what you got to say. I'm going to say what I have to say. And hopefully at the end, we can at least get along enough to walk away with respect. So, guys, thank you so much for watching or listening and, and podcast. We appreciate it. We will see you next week for the 250th episode of the Armed Citizen Podcast. We'll see you soon. Semper Fi.